This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon out today. Patrick Kinahan sitting in right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get right out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, the new CEO of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies, Steve Starks, back on The Big Show. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for a few minutes. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Nice to be on the show again. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing great. And uh, congratulations, first and foremost, on the, the promotion. That's got to feel pretty good. Well, thank you. It was a long process, but this is an organization I've been with for over 12 years and and obviously have a lot of love for. Um, it, it's meant a lot to our family, and, and uh, I love the Miller family and what the organization stands for. And so uh, glad to be able to serve in any capacity, and I guess now in this one. Yeah, I had to pull a lot of strings to get this do- job done for you. PK, and it's, it's really appreciated. I felt that. <laughs> hey, t- I, we had Gail Miller on the air last Friday, uh, or excuse me, last Thursday, and she was absolutely terrific. But she talked about uh, your success in a number of different roles within the company as, uh, as being such a plus for you. Tell us about your most recent role being president of uh, Sports and Entertainment and how that prepared you now for this role. Well, I love my time with the jazz and sports and entertainment. Fortunately, I'll stay connected to, you know, all of those companies within sports and entertainment, and especially on the jazz side with Dennis and Quinn and Justin and and what we've been building there. Um, It was a good experience for me because I spent the first seven and a half years with the organization really at the corporate office. And so I was doing mergers and acquisitions and business development. I oversaw some of the other businesses and, and that gave me a a broad perspective into a lot of the organization, but it wasn't until four and a half years ago that I went to sports and entertainment in that capacity that, you know, I, I got to know those businesses day in and day out and really loved my experience and the time there. We have incredible teams uh, that operate in those businesses, and and we're all proud of the culture. We're proud of the way that you know the Jazz as a team has developed over the years. But just the culture, the way that they impact the community, the way that um, our what our theaters mean to this community, what the baseball stadium and the bees, and what the arena means and the renovation, all those things are something that we're all grateful for. And um, I was I was very thankful to have been part of it and. And uh, and we'll keep that continuity going because there's a lot of great things happening. So you talk about how you've been developing this continuity with the three pl- uh, management team that you just mentioned with the GM and the new GM and, the, and, and Coach Schneider. And you're going to continue. I talked to you about this uh, off to the side last week when we were down there at Jordan Commons when they made the announcement. And I want to know from you the continuity that's available with this franchise, how much is that a selling point when you're looking to acquire players and how much, how important is that to the player and his representatives, that continuity? I think it's very important in that it brings stability. But continuity is only important if it's successful. If, if the trend is going the wrong direction, then continuity isn't a good thing. In this instance, the trend is very positive, and we're all excited about what we're building. And so continuity to keep that momentum is really important. And so as it relates to how that impacts players, they want to see stability. They want to see that this is an organization that's trustworthy, that over time they do the right things 
consistently and they invest in the organization. They invest in player development and coaching staff and retaining coaching staff and front office and facilities. And those are all things that we can hang our hat on that we've done very successfully over the past few years and long term. And so in that respect, it's really important because agents want you know, their clients to go to places where they can be successful and where their careers can be successful. And so success breeds success in that regard. And, and we're starting to see that. And, um, it, you know, we've called it a virtuous cycle. It's called different things. But we have a reputation now that, look, if you go play for that team, you're going to get better. And so more and more guys are wanting to come here. And that's a credit to Coach Snyder, his coaching staff, the front office, the Miller family. And, and um, it's on us to keep that going to reach our ultimate goal. Steve Starks with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, this offseason has been so active. Let us be a, a fly on the wall for a minute. What has it been like from your perspective? Well, it started for us really after the season, and we were proud to promote Justin Zanuck to general manager. Uh, he's one of the brightest young executives in the NBA, and and we knew that he was going to continue to be an attractive target for other teams around the league. And so that was our first big free agent in some ways was, was making the changes that we made and, and Dennis being promoted to executive vice president of basketball operations that gave us, uh, that gave us continuity. It allowed us to retain a really important piece in Justin. It allows Dennis to be more strategic in his role uh, overseeing basketball operations. And so with that in place, uh, we were able to be really aggressive. We were able to uh, target what the team needed to take the next step. And as always, it's a collaborative process. There's a hundred different variables. And uh, But when free agency started, it was nice that we had Mike Conley in the fold because of the trade. And uh, and that sends a message. And, and other players around the league think so highly of Mike not only because he's an incredible point guard, but because of who he is as a teammate in person, combined with Donovan, combined with Rudy, combined with Joe Ingles, the great team that we have, coaching staff, that when free agency began, we were able to be very aggressive, and we had players that were equally interested in us, and so things went pretty quickly, and uh, and then we were able to add some really great vets on the back end that will will make us deeper and, and uh and, and help round out hopefully what will be a, a very competitive team that will have a shot this year. So you, Steve, talking about how you were Jazz president and you'll still maintain some form of influence and you have an interim president with the idea of hiring a permanent one. How will that work for the new person with you still having your influence upon the Jazz? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the thing I, I want to emphasize first and foremost is that really the CEO of the organization should always have strong touch points with the Jazz. And I've been an alternate governor with the NBA Board of Governors for the past four and a half years. There's relationships that have been developed. Um, I, I serve on a committee that's a really strategic committee for the NBA looking at a variety of topics. And so we didn't want to lose that investment, those relationships, that equity that's been built uh, with Greg Miller as the governor, with me as an alternate governor. And so the continuity there and, and not having to start all over again was really important to us. With the next president, they're primarily going to focus on the business operations um, of the Jazz and and then help oversee the other businesses within Larry Miller Sports and Entertainment, which is Vivint Smart Home Arena, 
Megaplex Theaters, the Salt Lake Bees, 1280 The Zone. And so um, that person is going to be focused primarily on, on business, will obviously be a big partner to what takes place in basketball. And, uh, and then my involvement will help streamline communication so that when things do come up, we can get directly to, to the Miller family as, as quickly as we need to and, uh, and very efficiently. What advice would you give to the next uh, guy or gal that steps in into that position? They have a great team. There's a great culture in place. Uh, people are playing their positions very well. There's a lot of momentum. We have incredible fans uh, throughout the community, throughout the state, and really on a global basis increasingly. And so the advice that we'll give that person is it's to go in there to learn. They're going to see things, and we want them to see things that perhaps we didn't see and be able to make positive improvements. But really, you're plugging into a pretty good system right now. And so keep that going. Make improvement on the margins but um, but be careful not to go in there and, and change too much because things are things are pretty good right now. We like I said, we're going to be sold out of season tickets for you know over two years in a row, and we have tremendous support as it relates to television ratings. We had the third highest television ratings in the NBA last year, and so there's a lot of metrics that show the fan support for this team, and we just want to keep that going and continue to get better and better. So you probably had a list of off-season objectives from the team perspective. Is it fair to say that all those objectives were met? Yeah, I think it is fair to say that. Uh, with the players that were added, with the quality of, of people that they are, um, I think that we all feel really good about what's taken place. And, and now with the schedule coming out today, we're... Uh, Had a little connection issue there with uh, Steve. We'll see if we can't uh, get him back. Uh, very well, interesting. Yeah, I want to hear what he says on the schedule, sure. Yeah, I want to certainly hear what he says. I like it, uh, PK, and if we get time, maybe we'll ask him uh, as far as the schedule goes about them, uh, the nationally televised games. They're moving up start times on the West Coast, uh, sometimes a half an hour, sometimes an hour in some cases. Jazz will still have some 830 games, but I'm curious to his thoughts on the shift because that certainly impacts the Jazz, especially since they're going to be on national TV, 16. Yeah, and then mostly me because I got to get up early the next day. No, no, you got to catch that whole thing. <laughs> you know, you you deserve a lot of credit come playoff time because you uh, you come in here and you lock it down on the pre half and post. You know, we make a huge deal out of it and great yeah. coverage, and then bam, you're out of the rack and up uh, on the air again at six a.m. What the, it's like a four hour turnaround for you. Yeah, I think you're running on adrenaline in the postseason though, so it's nice. And and in some of those games are on the weekends. So you got some extra. That time. helps a little bit. Yeah, sure does. Yeah, yeah. So and not every. Hopefully, uh, there'll be a bunch of games earlier because that means you progress later on in yeah. the postseason. Because not uh, the the late games tend to be earlier, not later. Uh, Steve is back with us now. Steve Starks on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, you were just about to share your thoughts with uh, about the schedule before we got interrupted. Please continue. Yeah, sorry about that. So with the schedule coming out today, the off season behind us now everybody's really starting to lock in on building up to be ready for training camp preseason. And then uh, that regular season home opener on October 23rd, everybody's excited about. So we feel really good about where we are, what was accomplished. And now the team has to gel. We have to come together. And, and like Mike Conley said at his introductory press conference, we, that group has to learn together how to become a championship team. 
PK, uh, PK and I were just talking about this a little bit, but the, the Jazz, uh, 16 nationally televised games on either ESPN or TNT, and a lot of those games, they're moving the start times up from 8.30 to either 8 or 7.30 to get more eyeballs on the West Coast game. What are your thoughts on that? It's really important to be because the last stat I heard was that like 60% of television households in the country are in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. And so with the, the sport being as popular as it is, and you're starting so late with these games in the Western Conference, just moving them up a little bit is going to allow you know, people in that time zone to be able to tune in and watch the games. And so it makes all the sense in the world. And, and the reality is that the Western Conference is, is stacked. It's loaded from top to bottom. And, and so putting the best product on the court at the time when the most number of fans can see it is a priority for the NBA and then so it makes sense. Steve, real quick, before we let you go, the tour of Utah started today. We wanted to ask you about that and uh, what a great event it's turned into and the, 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 I guess, your thoughts on its growth over the years. It's a great event. I was up there today at Snowbird, and uh, the fans that come out, the world-class cycling teams, if you haven't experienced what it's like to watch these teams and the effort and that level of athleticism it's really incredible and we we have great sponsors host communities tomorrow they'll start in north logan this year we're primarily going to stay in northern utah and uh, we always say that it's a rolling postcard of utah and it's broadcast all over the world online it's distributed through television and um, it shows off the state of Utah. It brings together some of the best athletes in the world, and it's something that the organization's proud to sponsor. And um, and so we invite everybody to come out. And if we're in one of your communities, come out and enjoy the day. Bring your family, and I think you'll have a really good time. Steve, again, congratulations on the new gig, and we can't thank you enough for giving us a few minutes. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you, guys. Steve Starks new CEO of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies and somebody you and I have had a chance to uh, work with over the past few years, PK. He's an extremely sharp guy, and I'm excited to see what direction he takes the Larry H. Miller Group from here. Yeah, I like the fact that he's still going to have his hand involved because I think stability is a critical aspect of making a sell to get a player to buy what you're selling, to know that the organizational structure is in line and it's not going to be who's coaching today, who's coaching next year, who's this, who's that. When you're coming to this franchise, you know what you're going to get and you've invested and researched it. So when you step on their facilities from day one, their basketball campus, you know what it's going to be like. And then it has, as you said earlier, a guy like Favors going out there. And Boozer has done it and others have done it too. You'll like it there. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. They'll take care of you. I think that's important to guys. I think that matters than uh, some snow or it's not the greatest nightlife. I, I just don't think that players who want to win aren't necessarily interested in all that stuff. You know, if all things are equal, yeah, go to the Lakers. Okay, I got it. Or the Clippers. But they can't have everybody. And there's enough good players that you can get guys that will come here 
And, you know, if you ask Conley in his heart of hearts, would you probably, would you like to be the point guard for uh, Antonio or uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron and be in L.A.? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, they, they don't have that kind of money. They, it just doesn't work that way with the salary cap. So you can have an opportunity to come here and receive everything that you need and want. And you'll win. And I think that matters to guys. Or at least the type of guys that have... Guys who want to win. Right. If it doesn't matter to you, then you don't want them in the first place anyway. Right. If you're looking for some screwballs, yeah, I mean, you're not going to win. You got to have... The guys got to be committed to winning. And it's easy. It's easy to say, but it's much harder to do. And you've got to be committed to winning to what it takes to win. And I think that comes back to what Dennis Lindsay calls jazz DNA, Right. I mean, that's got to be first and foremost on the list yes. when he talks about Jazz DNA, the 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 want to win. I, I would call it winning DNA because I don't think it's necessarily unique to the Jazz. Sure, that, that type of DNA. But I, but I, I think get that's what, what he's they're, saying. They're looking for right. Yes, I want. I don't want. I don't want Cantor who wants to crack a joke a lot of the time and is not serious. No problem cracking a joke. Joe Ingles likes to crack a joke. But you can see in the way he competes out on the floor that it's also about winning. That's what this thing, this whole thing is about. And they've got an opportunity with the West being wide open to win this year. Yep. Well, I mean, what you're saying is, is just uh, why do you think uh, Rudy Gobert is still on this franchise or is still on this team? Because he's and, tall. And Ennis Cantor is not. Because Gobert is committed to winning. Because he wants to he's win. He's committed to being his personal best. Right. Cantor was too much of a circus. They had to get O'Kerr in to tell him, would you stop messing around and take this seriously? Because you cannot win at the level everybody wants to win at unless you're devoted toward that very goal. And everybody has to be pushing and pulling in the same way. Because once you get off track, it's hard to get back. And, and you really you can't get back, and then you get mired in this these tailspins, and then you end up where you know uh, Steve Stark said, "Well, continuity continuity is only important if you're winning." Well, the reality is you only have continuity if you're winning, because if you're not winning, there is no continuity, and you're like Sacramento and Phoenix and the Lakers, and you start changing guys and GMs and coaches all the time, and then you're just bound to lose. It's a formula. Change coaches, GMs, players all the time. Was it lead to losing? Right, guaranteed. And that's always been a strength of this franchise. I think it's consistency. And even through difficult changes uh, that come every once in a while, they've done a good job in in moving on when it's appropriate and 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 putting the people in the right places. Right, the plan is there, and they're committed to the plan. Now, you know, they have this plan. Well, now you're never done. So it's not like they're done, but the heavy lifting of the plan is over. Now it should be, let's start experience the good times and let them happen and happen repeatedly. I mean, they happened essentially for 15 years with the statues. Right. You know, they struck gold and they're off and running and, and they draft a guy like Thurl. I don't know that they'll ever have a three-year draft in which they draft Thurl. Malone and Stockton. That's a pretty good run. I mean, that's yeah, that that's that's just incredible. So you can see why they were really good because those are really good players. Now and and you you pick up somebody. They don't even have a fourth round. You pick up somebody like Eaton in the fourth round, and and away you go. Now they've done the heavy lifting either through well three ways trade draft well four ways. I think you got to go through internal skill development, sure. which they talk about, and trade, 
and free agent and draft. Those are the four ways. And they've made the commitment to that. And by and large, there's been some stinkers, but they've done enough to get themselves in position to where everybody and their dog in this town is so excited. I actually think more people, maybe just because there's more jazz fans than, say, college football fans, I think there's more people more excited about the start of jazz season than there is college football, even though college football is first, is up next. Yeah, I would agree. And there's a lot of excitement, by the way, around college football. Right. Uh, that's not to diminish college football. People are just jacked about the Jazz uh-huh. because they've they've put the pieces together. They've they've brought in the gourmet groceries, and now they have to cook the meal. Which And, and let's get to this coming up around the corner, uh, PK. How much pressure does it put on Coach Snyder now to go out there and make it work? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I actually wrote about that a few weeks back. I mean, I know it's not in a Tribune, so you don't pump it. Uh, what are you talking about? Who retweets everything you put out? Who? Only you. You're looking right at them. <laughs> Speaking of the Tribune, huge news with another defection. Well, Holy uh, freak. We'll talk about it all straight ahead. It is the big show. Once again, big thanks to Steve Starks for jumping on the air with us. We really appreciate it. Getting a little insight on the jazz. We'll get that up online at 1280thezone.com. Want to remind you about Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle service, detail, oil changes, and glass repair. While you're away, Diamond Airport with the best rewards program in Utah. Only airport valet service in Utah. Park, ride, and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road, Diamond Diamond Airport Parking. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So how much do you anticipate the backups? Why do you always use that announcer voice? <laughs> because I'm a professional. I'm a professional, you know, Kyle. You're not the only professional here, buddy. So with that in mind, Coach, <laughs> with, with how much do you anticipate the backup running backs getting participation, touches, catches, running in the game? Uh, I think that's a game-to-game thing as well, depending on how many times you run the football. If you run the football 45 times, Zach Moss is not going to carry it all 45 times. So that's, you know, 15 or 20 touches that, that we got to distribute elsewhere. And so, uh, you know, Tyler Huntley will account for a handful of those. And so, what, uh, a dozen, a dozen to 15 other uh, other guys besides Zach Moss and the QB. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you. <laughs> you, got a, you got a little media laugh there. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, PK sitting in for Gordon today. Getting his chops busted by Kyle Whittingham at uh, availability. I don't think he likes me, man. I don't either. No. Frankly. Yeah. Not one bit. No. Uh-uh. There's a lot of tension. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, you, uh, you, back when I was producing DJ and PK in the morning and Witt was a defensive coordinator, he came on with us once a week. He did, I remember. Yeah. He was always good about it, too. Now, yeah. now we, uh, I know we can't come on once a week or whatever, but he still comes on DJ. I think they, I think they said once every three weeks. Yeah, he, and he'll come on once every three weeks. He'll do it. Yeah. Staple of DJ and PJ in the morning tape, for years. Tape it. I think he his media availability that he makes uh, himself available is like eleven o'clock. So and, we have to hang around and tape it and then run it the next day. And I'm still proud that really to to this day he still brings up the classic rock trivia contest that I set up. Which I let him win. I don't know. I don't know. I know no. he won. He's really good at that stuff. He is good at that stuff. But yeah, I was. He's far I, better than I am. I was up there at practice. I, this was God, last year or two years ago, and you weren't up there for whatever reason. And he said, "Where's Patrick?" 
and I don't know. And then somehow he's answering a question about something else, and and all of a sudden it clicks in his mind. He's like, you know, I don't know if he was asked about music or or somehow he got onto it. And he's like, you know, I won a contest once. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I did know that. I set he up, set, my butt. I set up that contest. He's Thank really good much. at that stuff, man. He knows. He has a very narrow musical selection, but within that window, man, he knows everything. He, uh, you know, you hear heard him talking about the running backs right there, and I, I think the more and more you hear that Utah is going to run. Remember, Zach Moss said sixty five percent of the time so with you Britain and Covey, me but yeah. at uh, at Pac twelve Media Day. Britain, yeah, was talking about it the other day. I think that is nothing but good news. And you alluded to something earlier in the show, and I think you're right on the money. Uh, why why are you hiring a guy like Troy Taylor to install an offense that's more like Mike Leach in Washington State? And this that's not that's not what the head coach wants. Get an offense, install it that Kyle can not only be comfortable with, trust in, and plays into what is most important to him, and that's protecting the defense. And I think that's exactly what you're going to see from Andy Ludwig. Ignore ignore fans out there saying, oh, what's wrong with the passing game? Just get rid of the passing game. Just turn around and hand, <laughs> the, ball, hand the ball off and be the run team that you are going to be. Get rid of the passing game. Okay, that, that's a drop. That That's extreme right there. You Just cannot, a tad. You cannot get Get rid of the passing game, but play to your strengths. Right. And especially this year, you may never or not for a long time have an opportunity like you have this year because you're looking at a couple of programs that are rebuilding, right? And Sun Devils, they're going to make an announcement today on their starting quarterback. They practice at night. They're going to pick the freshman? That's what I hear. Yeah. So you're starting a first-year kid. If you can get seven wins out of them and you go to a bowl game, you take it. So it's clear they're setting up for next year and the year after. They did this a few years back. They started Taylor Kelly. Won seven games, won the bowl game, eight, and then they won ten the next two years, including the division. Right. So that's fine. Point is, they're not a threat to win the division this year. Not with a and Taylor Kelly was a sophomore. This kid is a true, not a redshirt, but a true freshman. He's going to struggle. We saw JT Daniels last year, true freshman for SC, going to struggle. Right. The South is absolutely overwhelmingly set up for the Utes to win. You get in that game at minimum. You get in the title game at minimum. You're even money to win that thing. So I don't know that you're ever going to have an opportunity like this in the near future. They have got to seize this opportunity before them. And if that means you win a bunch of ball games, 21 to 10, take it. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Yes. And so Ludwig this year is the right man for this gig because he knows what Kyle wants. He, and they got this, this defensive line. They're going to have everybody up front, those seniors, that two of them come back. They're going to go off to the NFL. Jalen Johnson's going to go off in the NFL. Julian Blackman's going to go off to the NFL. Johnson only being a junior, but he's probably going to go. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to reload yourself next year. This is your year. And if it means being conservative to win games, I have no problem with it. Do whatever it takes to win because what is at your doorstep is a phenomenal opportunity. They may not get it done, but the opportunity right here, it's never been better since they've been in this conference. And you may go years before it's as this good again. 
And I never understood why, well, fans, I guess, um, and to a lesser extent, the coaching staff wouldn't embrace the run game as being a run team and all this stuff. Because when was the last time Utah did not have a stud running back? Austin Horton had hair. I mean, that's... Austin Horton was in elementary school. Same thing. You should have seen... I saw a senior pitcher in high school. Um, you did? Yeah. What did yeah. he look like? He was bald. Where did? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Britain covered. Uh, I think they had the criticism because they didn't get it done. And why didn't you get it done? Oh, the offense wasn't good enough. And you just said yourself they've had great running backs, so the passing game wasn't good enough. Well, if they got it done, then nobody cares how you got it done. But once you don't get it done... It's, well, the offense wasn't good enough, and that was the frustration. And it'll be the frustration again this year if they don't get it done. This year, getting it done, the definition of getting it done is winning the conference. Not the division, but winning the conference. Mm -hmm. And going a minimum to the Rose Bowl. See about the playoff. I have my doubts about the playoff because the Pac-12 doesn't have that rep. But the Rose Bowl is plenty good enough. If they get it done, nobody care how they get it done. If they don't get it done, it will say, oh, well, the passing game wasn't good enough. I think that was the frustration with the passing game because it wasn't good enough in, in certain games. You know, they, last year, Washington, they get inside the five, they don't score. A couple years back, who was it? They had UC Los Angeles, and they needed to win that game. And they got first and goal at the three, and they got to settle for a field goal. Come on. You got to get that thing in there, man. And they weren't good enough. And so that was the frustration. If they're good enough, then there is no frustration. Every Ute fan, every single one, will take a 21 to 14 win if it means you get 12 of them or nine of them, 10 of them in the conference title game. And you've made this point before. You're in the Pac 12 now. Every game you can lose. Every game in conference outside of maybe Oregon, maybe Oregon State. I expect them to go up to Oregon State and win. I expect them to beat maybe SC, but I expect them to beat the other four teams in the South. But at the same time, somebody might get them. Yeah. Well, and and I guess the point I'm making is style points don't matter in this. They don't. Who cares? No, you look at the South, and they're not. The South isn't very good, but SC has some stud receivers. They always have talent, and they can throw the ball up there and might be able to catch it. You look at ASU's got a great running back. Arizona has a great quarterback who's saying he's healthy and he gets what Sumlin and Noel Mazzoni want from him this year. And they have a great running back too. So we'll see. Eh, he's okay. I, you I don't, just don't want to give I, the. No, wild I, pack. I wouldn't say he's great. Okay, I, 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 he's good. Uh, and then Colorado's got a senior quarterback and a receiver who darn well might be the best in the conference in Chenault. He could be the best in the country if things go his way. He's really good. Yeah. But anyway, that aside. And then you got Chip Kelly's building something there. And they got better as the season went along. They did. So I don't think that – I can't guarantee you that they're going to go 5-0 and in the South. I'd like to, but I can't. No, they could easily and lose any of And then you throw in the games. two Washingtons. Sure. Right. And they haven't beat uh, – you You and DJ have been hitting this. They haven't beat uh, Washington State in how long? Six uh, years think, or something? I think, I think they're 0-4 f- in the last four. Last four games but six years because they took two yeah. years off, right? And then we know Washington's got the best of them the last few years. And you look at Washington, you know, I mean, they got a lot of players that they need to replace. Now, unfortunately for the Utes, 
I think it works against them going to Washington in November. Later in the season. Yeah, I would prefer to go in September, but you're not going. Who's your favorite in the North? Because I don't Washington think it's— Washington State. Is it Washington State? Because I, I don't Washington think State. it's Washington. Not in my mind. I, I'd put Oregon up there. I have no problem with your Washington State pick whatsoever. They won 11 games last year, and Leach told us he thinks they could be even better. I know. So I've got I've got no issues with you thinking Washington State will win They're the North. They're picked fourth. They have the ultimate ship. No one has been as disrespected in the Pac-12 as Washington State. And is it's this not year. even close. No one. No one has been this much disrespected than Washington State this year, ever in the Pac-12. And ever. People, and people say, well, he's re- replacing a quarterback. Well, he's he's done it a zillion times. Why wouldn't we think he could do it now? I actually think that. I believe they can do it until I see otherwise at quarterback. Yeah. And they've got that uh, that transfer kid, Jabrud. Am I saying that right? Jabrud, the quarterback Gabrud, yeah, yeah. from Eastern Washington who accounted for 11,000 yards right. at Washington. Yeah, so uh, I, he wasn't willing to name him as a starter. He looked to be the favorite because they have some other guys, some veteran guys. Including a Utah kid, right? He's not a veteran guy. They have guys who are upperclassmen competing with him. Cooper is in the mix, but he's just a redshirt freshman. I'm talking about, I think, two seniors that are on that roster also. At least one of them is a senior. They both might be. And this grad transfer, and people say, oh, DJ was saying, well, you know, how come he's going with the grad transfers? Well, because the one quarterback took his own life. Yeah. They had spe- expected, mm. and so they had to go down this road the last couple years because of that ultimate tragic story. Yeah, just terrible. A couple years back. As you recall, his younger brother is now a quarterback at South Carolina. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll just be a freshman, hmm. so I don't know. We'd expect a lot from him this year, but yeah, he committed to South Carolina out of uh, Southern California. So that's why they've had to go with the with the transfers, and I think that'll be the end of it this year. I think you'll see one of these younger guys next year mm-hmm. step up, and then they'll have some more continuity at that position. What do you think about Oregon and Herbert? Overrated and underrated? Just about right? Well... As a sophomore, I thought he was really good. Last year, not so much, but he fits what the NFL is looking for. The size, the yeah. arm. Uh, I'm expecting Oregon to bounce back. Well, I mean, they did beat the crap out of the Devils. So Last year? Yeah. Oh, on that bogus two-point conversion in which he was in and they called out? And that stupid targeting in which Robertson had to sit out the first half in which they scored 28 points, and then he came back in the second half and only scored three? You're talking about that game? I am talking about that game. I watched that game on my laptop in a Colorado hotel room. I watched it at home, and I could see that that was the most ridiculous call of the year. And... uh, but Utah's division title hinged on it, too. It did? Yeah, it did. And then late that night, I was communicating with several coaches at Utah uh, because they won the division. And if the Devils can't win, then there's only one other team I want to win that division, and that would be your Utes. That'd be the Wildcats. No. No, 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 no. I want them to go 0-9 every year. <laughs> That's my dream scenario. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up right around the corner for you. But let's uh, check in with Tony Parks and give you an update on the tour of Utah. Ladies and gentlemen. Spanning the entire state of Utah. This is your tour of Utah Update. Let's go. go. On the Zone Sports Network. 
Snowbird has been the queen stage in the past editions of the Tour of Utah. Today it was featured in the prologue. James Piccoli of Elevate KHS Pro Cycling flew down the one and a half mile descent at a speed of over 50 miles an hour. Comes out on top with a time of 8.37.59. Piccoli was fifth at the National Road Race Championships and second overall at the Tour of Taiwan. Lawson Craddock took stage one at the Tour of Columbia. He finished five and a half seconds back. He's your Ski Utah KOM leader after today. Sergey Vetkov finished third. He'll wear the sprint jersey presented by the Utah Sports Commission. Joe Al Almeida comes in fourth. He takes the best young rider brought to you by WCF Insurance. Also wears the LHM dealership's most aggressive rider jersey. Tony Baca was the America First fan favorite. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have stage one of this year's tour as we head to Cache Valley for the third time at a first visit to North Logan City. Just under 87 miles on this course that moves its way into the western slopes of the Bear River Mountains for 4,310 feet of elevation game. It all gets started tomorrow, 1230, with James Piccoli, a guy who once built his own cycling shoes, handlebars, and even his own bike out of carbon fiber in his parents' garage in Montreal, wearing the yellow jersey. This tour of Utah update brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business on the Zone Sports Network. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Seven five twelve eighty. 1280 The Zone. want to remind you to join the energy and excitement at Vivint Smart Home Arena. We'll be holding a hiring event to fill a variety of part-time positions for arena events, including jazz games and concerts. The hiring event will take place August 22nd through the 24th at the Zions Bank Basketball Campus in Salt Lake City. Apply prior to the hiring event at lhm.com slash careers under the Vivint Smart Home Arena section. Walk-ins will also be welcome during the event. Apply today. PK had to step away for just a moment. We appreciate him uh, filling in today. Gordon will be back tomorrow. Uh, a story we were uh, just talking about off the air, uh, Austin. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, had a rental car that got broken into in, in San Francisco. Is that right? Yeah, he was there over the weekend with the ESPN crew to call a game. And uh, they rented him out, a, uh, I think it says a Nissan SUV 
I would assume that's like an armada or, or whatever it is, not a uh, probably a rogue is probably what we're looking at. Okay, and because uh, <laughs> the model is very important, it is. It yeah. matters here <laughs> because that tells you, oh, that guy's got some cash. That okay. guy's got some money. All right, it was not a going. Datsun pickup, is okay. what I'm getting. All right, here. yeah. So maybe if he would have rented the, you know, the mini, the the what do they call the smallest car, the economy size, the smart car, yeah, yeah, right, or something like that, he wouldn't have had this problem. Uh, but anyway, apparently half a million dollars worth of goods was taken out of this rental car. Is that all? Half a million bucks. Can you imagine that? <laughs> That guy who's just boost, uh, breaking into cars, you know, where he's he's settling with what's in the change drawer and and like a jacket, an iPhone person, charger, yeah, yeah, right. You know, can you imagine the the look on that dude's face when he realizes, holy cow, I'm looking at half a million dollars worth of stuff. I could retire. And mom said I'd never do anything productive. So there there is a little caveat though, Austin. Um, he a bunch of ESPN stuff, like a bunch of gear was in there. So it wasn't just half a million dollars of A Rod stuff. Uh, there was some ESPN stuff in there. So like uh, they stole a camera, a laptop, miscellaneous jewelry, and a bag. So we don't know. I mean, those cameras, like TV cameras, how much are they? I mean, they're worth. Oh, I'm thousands, of, thousands, tens thousands of thousands. Of yeah, yeah. And so we don't know also what kind of equipment was in the bag. We don't, you know, we don't know a lot of this, but we do know that uh, jewelry was in there, miscellaneous jewelry. I'd I'd be willing to bet that the TV crew gear was worth a good chunk of it, but the majority of that five hundred thousand had to have been jewelry. had to be the jewelry. You can right? get up there with a couple pieces of jewelry. So here's what I don't understand: when you're going on a business trip, you know, you're going to do some work. You're not going on like a uh, an anniversary with the wife or something like that. I guess A Rod's not married, but uh, with J Lo because aren't they dating? You know, you, yeah, sure. You didn't you didn't buy her a, a diamond necklace that happened to get stolen before you gave it to her for your anniversary or whatever. You know what I mean? You're going on a business trip. Can you leave the can can you can you leave the bling at home? Yes. I mean, is it really necessary to take thousands of dollars of jewelry with you while you're on a, a business? And nobody's watching A-Rod on, on ESPN and going, you know what? He's not wearing his uh, $100,000 earrings tonight. Right, yeah. When they do the booth shot and he gives you his breakdown uh, of the of the play at second base, and, he, and you, then you look at him and go, you know, I would believe you if you had on half a million dollars in jewelry. Right, If exactly. you had that, credibility immediately. But since you don't, who are you? Right. What do you know? Boy, I'd really be listening to what A-Rod had to say if he was, uh, you know. If he was dressed like a schlob. If he was wearing a diamond-studded ne- necklace, I would I would certainly be considering his opinion about baseball. But since he's not, I mean, pff, I'm changing the station. Might as well be Uncle Al next to me <laughs> telling me what's happening at second base there. So I, I just won't. I, I don't understand that. It's you know, never made sense. It, to me. it doesn't make. I mean, I remember uh, Chris Bosch's house got broken into years ago, and they took like a million dollars worth of stuff. And it's like, even at his house, what are you doing with a, a million dollars worth of stuff lying around? You know, there are safety deposit boxes and banks and those sorts of things just for this purpose. Right, but then you can see. Well, it is his home, and perhaps he wants that stuff at his home. But that's different than you know carrying it through TSA with you. You got to put that stuff it down in the in the little <laughs> right. bucket, don't you? When you go through the, I guess it's all private jets and whatnot there. But that's still, true. still, that's why are you taking that? And where does A Rod live? Miami. So he's hoisting all of this gear with him, and by gear I mean earrings, jewelry, necklaces, right. from Miami to San Francisco for what? 
For what? No purpose. For the 30 seconds they actually show the booth during the broadcast? Well, and leaving the jewelry in the car. Let me ask you this, Austin, and especially this is a good question for you, just knowing who who you are and how much you you value a a hard-earned dollar. If you had half a million dollars worth of jewelry, how far would you let it get from you? Uh, it would not be ever away from me. Ever. Right. Ever. Let alone leaving it in the car while you go it. in to get a coffee or something. Like, sure. Like, like, it would be it? surgically attached to my body. Right. Not just with the back of the earring. It would be sewn into my skin. You would have one of those suitcases with the, with the handcuffs and never let it out of your possession yeah. ever. A nuclear football <laughs> is what I'd be carrying. Yes. That's correct. No, but I'd be in the same boat. 100%. I'd be so... And I would never be relaxed, ever. Constantly just looking over who's gonna, who's coming after me paranoid. to steal this. Yeah. yeah. You know, people kill people over half a million dollars. <laughs> I, I'm with you. The anxiety level would be so high at all times, I could never function. Yeah, yeah. And I know A-Rod's worth a billion bucks or whatever, but half a million dollars is half a million dollars. And what somebody would do for half a million dollars would concern me. Sure. What someone would do for a thousand dollars would worry me, Jake. <laughs> right. A thousand. And again, back to the point of nobody's watching A-Rod on TV and going, oh, you know what? He's only wearing $10,000 worth of jewelry tonight. So what Call he me know? when he gets serious. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordo will be back coming up tomorrow. But we want to say big thanks to you, PK, for uh, having I know it's been a long day, but I really appreciate you filling in. My absolute pleasure. Anytime I can do it, I will be more than willing to do it. I love doing it. Well, you're a good person for doing it. We appreciate it. Uh, what do you have uh, coming up tomorrow with DJ? You going to beat him up on something else? Oh, we're going to talk some BYU football. Jay Drew has got a new assignment coming up at the end of the week. Switching newspapers, man, that's like going from the Clippers to the Lakers or the Lakers to the Clippers. How so? Well, you're going across town. You okay. don't move, right? <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Come on. Uh, so Jay's coming on the uh, on the show tomorrow. That's uh, exciting. That's what Jake Hatch told me, yeah. He'll do a good job for the Des News. It'll be interesting to see where the trip goes to, uh, to cover the Cougars, but... Uh, the Deseret News has got a team of guys covering the Cougs now. 8.05, by the way, is when Jay Drew is going to be on uh, with DJ and PK. So certainly not to be missed. Okay, yeah, I agree. You going to sing tomorrow? What else can you tease? You going to you going to tease DJ about soccer? You going to play the manifesto again? <laughs> uh, I did a one-on-one with Jalen Dixon. And is he going to be their guy? And so we'll have that for you tomorrow. Utah receiver, as good a deep threat as there is in the country, according to Kyle Whittingham. I'll believe it when I see it. And That's I, where I'm at on the receiver. And then Kyle will rip me for my broadcasting voice. That did happen. <laughs> Do you uh, consciously go into your broadcasting voice when you're asking him questions? Because I don't notice it. But he obviously does. Yes, Jake, I do. (laughs) Big big thanks to PK filling in. Gordon will be back tomorrow. Thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening out there as well. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.